Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, this is Doug Goldstein. And this is Mike Orlando. And we are on... Talking Metal. Metal! (laughs) Very good, guys. Perfect. Hey, it's John Astronomy. Welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. I'm here with Mark at the Hudson Hotel in New York City with two very special guests. We have Mike Orlando from Adrenaline Mob and from A Beautiful Disaster and legendary rock manager Doug Goldstein. (laughs) Guys, how do you guys come together how do you guys know each other you guys are working together let's start off there we got mike orlando from adrenaline mob and we got doug goldstein from guns N' roses fame how how do you guys make the connection and are are you doug are you managing mike now is that i hope so yeah (laughs) he is managing yes i hope so and how did this come about well i'll zero it in it was at nam but it was specifically the randy Rhodes remembered concert at the old Galaxy Theater, which was called the Observatory Theater now. That's right. And we met during the day. Yeah. Uh, a mutual friend and just hit it off. He's amazing. So, yeah, yeah kinda, I love the guy. We kind of have, uh, have this mutual respect. We laugh a lot, which I think is really important when you work with somebody. Right. Um, we share the same goals, values. I think, Mike, I mean, I've, I've had the pleasure of working for some of the greatest guitar players in the world. Uh, Eddie Van Halen, Steve Vai, uh, Tony Iommi. Uh, slash certainly yes. and uh, and Mike is like the most incredible guitar player I've ever heard and if you don't believe it you have to buy Sonic Stop 1 and 2 yeah, because absolutely. it's yeah. a stupid good crazy yeah. good so I have this I have I have this really uh, uh, incredible respect for Mike as a player and a human being I had a brother uh, older brother five years my senior who was an amazing cat an amazing guitar player 
but uh, so I know good from not good. And and when I heard the Sonic Stomp records, I said, you know what, I gotta work with this guy. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Let's let's start talking about what you're doing right now. A beautiful disaster. Yes. What is what is the current status of that? When are we going to start to hear music? Uh, and who is actually in the band with you? Sure. Um, the drum tracks actually we started the album today. That's why I'm a little late. You know, we uh, sessions ran a little late. You know how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. we blew out a couple of mics and uh, <laughs> all good. That's good. That's um, good. It is myself, Chad Zligia on drums of Breaking Benjamin fame, Black Label Society, Scott Stapp. Um, my dear, dear friend Eric Leonhart is on bass. He is formerly of Tantric and also Adrenaline Mob. So he is uh, he is my cohort. And uh, we have a new great young singer. I don't know if I'll announce it yet. I think okay. we I think we want to keep it secret. Maybe I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. You like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Is it yeah. some like, is it not? a name we would know, you no, think? Or? Not no. at all. Okay. I'll nope. you, all right. I'll tell you, poor Mike has searched far and wide. <laughs> he sent me like what, maybe a hundred different singers? I don't even know. And I go <laughs> the one you sent me, I was like, what did I say? <laughs> well, there's a lot of things we can't say. Yeah, you? right. No, no, those those one the one I was like Oh, no, I mean, it was it was instant. It was like, you know, this is the kid. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I was know. talking about the one that wasn't the kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some Except, choice words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have fun with it, are actually. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right? <laughs> nice job, Mike. What are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, at some time will be a formal announcement as to who the singer is. And uh, you started drum tracks, but you songwriting's done, I would the, assume, the, the right? Songs, the songs are done. All the pre-production is done. That's usually how I work. I'll do right. all the pre-production tracks. Um, and then it makes the album process much easier. Because you've already laid out the, the blueprint and everything is there. You kind of look back. And then we, we get to e actually take it a step further. Okay. You know, so it's cool to do you know, a great pre-production. And then uh, we try and top us ourselves. You know, you know Mark, Mark, one of the things I wanted to mention, it's funny. Yeah. When he talks about how he does songs, the uh, Sonic Stump 1 and 2... Uh, when you listen to it, they're actual songs. And so I called Mike and I said, you know, this is amazing because these are real songs. Right. And he explained to me his writing process. He actually does. He writes the songs first before he ever lays down the guitar tracks. Right. And it totally made sense to me. I don't think a, there's a lot of guitar players that do it that way. No, no, there isn't, yeah. definitely. And uh, how, how will how will the sound of, of this stuff you're working on now differ from, say, Adrenaline Mob? Well, I mean... All three projects are definitely different. Um, you know, Sonic Stomp being instrumental guitar music, but of course it's very song-oriented. Uh, Adrenaline Mob being very, you know, in-your-face and, and, and aggressive. Um, a Beautiful Disaster is much more commercially viable, I would have to say. Um, oh, yeah. You know, not to negate Adrenaline Mob in any way. It's a very, that's a hard rock teetering on commercial but still heavy um, this is definitely you know radio oriented music um, if you wanted to bring in any comparisons which I don't really like to do you know um, it would be closer to a Foo Fighters oh, yeah. shine down oh, yeah. um, you know that type of stuff you know very melodic hard rock but you know you can hear it on the radio yeah right. in, in, in fact I'm sorry John uh, okay. there, there's a guy named Tommy Nast who 
He's like rock legend. He's a promotion guy. And, uh, and I send everything to Tommy. And uh, so I sent him a beautiful disaster. And he called me and he said, oh, my God, we have a problem. I'm like, shit, really? I thought it was fucking great. He goes, no, that's the problem. He goes, there's like eight radio hits here. He goes, my problem is I don't know where we lead, what we lead with. He goes, there's wow. so much good shit on the record. I was like, okay, we could have worse problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I mean, like they like they said on uh, Metalocalypse, that's a good problem to have. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm not just a fan of heavy music. I'm not just a fan of guitar playing. I love bands like Paramore. I think she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, melodic, but, you know, heavy. I mean, I listen to it all. I can go from Matchbox 20 to the new Slipknot is in my truck right now. So, you know, if the song is cool and it drives you, that's all. That's where I'm at. So, Mike, you're, you're a New Yorker. Now, are you doing all of the recording here on the East Coast in New York City? Yes. Uh, basically, as with all of my albums and all of the Adrenaline Mob albums, I engineer, mix, and master them. Um, I have a studio, Sonic Stomp Studios. Um, I've engineered, mixed, and mastered Coverta, Men of Honor, Dearly Departed, the Sonic Stomp stuff. Wow. Engineered the first Adrenaline Mob, so... You know, it's a, it's a turnkey situation. I love doing it just as much as I love playing guitar. That is you know? very cool. And you have uh, the ability to do live drums in your studio as well? Everything. Everything. Everything like is a full done on at Sonic Stomp Studios. Set up. Wow, that is great. Now, when you... I, I have a technical question. Sometimes our listeners like to hear the technical stuff, too. Now, when you are laying something down with Chad, are you doing like a scratch guitar track to a drum track? We've done it both ways. Um, I can go back to... You know, Coverta, where myself and the amazing Mike Portnoy, we would just play together. You know, I've wow. done tracks like that. Um, my late great dear friend, AJ Pirro, who unfortunately passed. Everything I've, I've done with AJ, we've been in the room together. I'll literally wow. sit in there with him, put the headphones on, and we just go for it, you know. And, Very uh, cool. But yeah, but sometimes it's, it's pre-recorded, pre-production tracks. And then what you do with the pre-production tracks is you just slowly erase everything. Right. So the drums record the tracks, and then we go in and we do the bass over, and then we go, so everything goes away, and it becomes the new album. So Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I want, to, I want to talk to you, Doug, a little bit about yeah. all the Guns N' Roses news <laughs> that's going How on. How did I know it was going there, Mark? <laughs> and, then, and then we'll circle back, because I have you some more it, questions Absolutely. from Mike, too. But I got to tell you, one, one of my earliest favorite uh i mean the first concert i ever saw was motley Crue on shout at the devil but yeah. one of my most exciting moments uh at a concert was when i saw guns and roses open for aerosmith at the philadelphia spectrum sure, yeah the kids we all tore out the seats oh yeah the place was going nuts well, axel yeah, came up and started talking about how he'd been harassed by the cops yeah, and he, he, was he so got much, arrested before that show mark there, there was so much danger and excitement in the room yeah. what what was it like managing those guys back like say on that tour uh before they kind of really took off to be superstars yeah well i tell you i mean those guys uh they were my family they i mean i love them to death There's... and was the danger real oh there, are you kidding <laughs> no axel got arrested prior to that show and uh and the thing about him i mean he's a great guy but by that point he had totally trusted me so he got arrested pulling into the parking lot. He said, look, I'm the singer of the, of the opening act. And they said, yeah, fuck, so am I, right? So right. he goes, no, I really am. And his brother was with him, Stuart. And so um, 
they uh, they took him to jail because Stewart was causing a ruckus. And so Axel said, look, you got to trust Dougie. He's going to be able to get us out of this. And Stewart's yelling at the cops. So I went across the street to the holding cell and I said, look, he really is the singer of the band. And this guy goes, I don't care. Uh, him and his brother are total fucking assholes. And I said, right, you get to deal with him for three hours, right? right. I deal with him every single day. So yeah. please let him go. There's going to be a riot at the show if you don't. Yeah. So they let him go to me. But the, but by that point, I had had Axel's trust. He knew that I knew how to handle those issues. But uh, Mark, yeah, clearly they were very, 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 very real, very dangerous every day. I didn't know what it was that was going to happen next. And, and on that tour, you know, Axel's been... Uh, notorious for going on later than most like we can put it that way <laughs> and that tour they i mean they showed up on time absolutely. to open yeah. for aerosmith each absolutely. night out of respect what, no doubt and 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 when did the lateness start when did uh, that it was, it was, whenever, was that later or was yeah, it, basically during any time there's headline shows but yeah. you know the the thing that's really sad is and he hates when i defend him and uh why i don't know he just doesn't believe in, in defending himself if you don't if you don't believe what he has to say uh he really doesn't have an issue with it but the thing about axel is he uh he doesn't want to fail um when he comes on stage so he takes about four hours to prepare and you know more than any person I've ever worked with in my life it's not like he's a jerk it's not like he's trying to hold up the fans at all he's a great guy and a very loyal guy and a very wonderful guy it just takes him he does vocal warm-ups he does massage he does acupuncture he does all of it so you know that whole process takes him about four hours and if he thought that he was gonna squeak on stage he'd rather just start the whole process again so it has nothing to do with being rude to the fans. Quite the antithesis. He loves the fans. Doug, I have uh, two questions. Uh, all the Talking Metal listeners know that one of my first uh, concerts when I went away to college was Guns N' Roses, either in September or October 87 at the Paradise Rock Club in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. And what I was wondering is... What did you guys think back then? Because this is right after the album had been released. Did, did everybody have a feeling that it was going to blow up? No way. Not a chance. No way. It was a small wow. club. That yeah. was a yeah, really was small club. It, yeah. But it was great. I mean, I remember that gig uh, really well. And, uh, and no, you know what? I mean, honest to God, until we came off the road in 93, it, we were like the Partridge family. We loved wow. each other. Oh, we loved each other. We had no clue the concept uh, of how large the band was literally until we came off the road. I mean, we had no, no, no concept, whatever. So, I mean, you know, you're playing in front of 800,000 people in Sao Paulo, Brazil, so you kind of get it. Right. But, but honest to God, none of us really, we didn't really care. It was presenting music to the masses and having fun at the same time. So cool. Now, my second question is, is I, I've been out on the road uh, tour managing Ace Frehley, and a guy that was back... Uh, in the gang, Tommy <laughs> Rulon. Yeah, yeah. He told me, he said you guys had just great times on the road, but he said that there was a time where you guys had these either shirts or jackets made up that said whatever it takes on them. Now, yeah, you know what? We did uh, We did a number of jackets throughout the years. I don't remember the whatever it takes, but uh, but I remember I mean, we, we, would do, we would do those jackets, not even, I mean, basically they're for the crew. Cool. Uh, and it was just a way of thanking them for, you know, dealing with all the stuff that they had to deal with on that tour. Yeah, what, what he was saying, well, that's a very cool thing that you guys did that for everybody. And the, the, the mindset, though, is that you, is what Tommy said, is that you guys would do whatever it took to, to make sure that the shows were as good as they can be and that everybody was having a great time. Oh, that's it true. was like spare no expense 
to put on a great oh, that, Guns N' Roses absolutely. tour. Yeah, when it came to the production, when it came, I mean, when it, when it came to putting together a show, uh, Slash, Axel, Duff, in particular, those three guys, uh, you know, they would all come to me uh, either together or independently, and they would say, "Look, I mean, the amount of production doesn't matter. We want to have the best show that's out there." And so, you know, we would sit down with the designers and we would come up with something. But, uh, you know, it, uh, John, it, it also harkens uh, something in my own mind about Slash that nobody really knows is that Slash and I really ran the band's business for uh, from shit, 88 to 93 when we came off the road. And wow. and. Wow. And go ahead. I'm sorry, John. No, no. I, I, I wanted you to tell me because we were talking offline a little while mm -hmm. ago, and and you were telling me that you have this really wild. Uh, I don't know if we can bring this up. We can edit it out if we. No, have go to, ahead. Yeah. You um, you would stay up for like three days in a row, yeah. but then you'd sleep one night, and Slash would come and help you during that time. Yeah, I love Slash to death. We had uh, unfortunately uh, kind of an unscrupulous guy from my past who was the original ma uh, manager. He's come up and uh, and talked about some things that just are not factually correct. But uh, Slash and I ran the band's business and Slash really loved me. And so, yeah, basically from age four to 34, I had a sleep cycle of three nights of zero sleep. And on the fourth night, I'd sleep four to six hours. And Slash loved me so much that he would come to my room on that fourth night and answer my phones for the four to six hours to make sure that I got the sleep that I needed to get. Uh, I love that guy to death. And, uh, and, and you know, so at some point in time, him and I will we'll sit around and, and be able to discuss uh, the issues that him and I have from the past. But yeah. Now, Speaking of Slash, you know, we get this announcement last week or whatever it was, uh, a little over a week ago at this point, that Slash, Axel, and Duff are reuniting for the first time in a long, long time. And Slash has gone on record that when he quit the band, the guy he called in 1996 was you, and he quit the band through you. Do you remember getting that phone call? No, I, I really don't, Mark. I don't remember the, the specific phone call. Um, what was happening at the time is Axel wanted to put in a third guitar player. We brought down uh, Dave Navarro, Zach Wild, and Slash was like, you know, Doug, I'm not sharing leads with anybody. And I, I believe that Slash was probably fairly frustrated with the fact that when he left, I didn't go with him because we were so close. Right. Like I said, I mean, I don't care if Slash passed out in a chandelier at 4 o'clock in the morning. He was at my room at 10 a.m. knocking on the door saying, what do we have to do today? And he wow. covered every single fucking interview. He, we would do, him and, him and Duff would do the in-stores with me. And, uh, and so, you know, he didn't really understand, but the reality was my contract was with Axl Rose uh, because he owned the name, and I'll get to that. Right. But, um, but Axl called me and said, look, uh, if you go with Slash, I'm going to sue you. So I was kind of over a barrel. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the name. Let's, let's cover that. How, I mean, in, in Slash's book, he has a, a real... Uh, distinct story as to how Axel ended up with the name. Yeah, and yeah, it's really sad. Um, again, I'm, I'm, you know, I had uh, left in 2004 to go be a father, quite honestly, right. and my ex-wife took my boys over to the, the Big Island of Hawaii, and so I, uh, I had sold the sanctuary, uh, which is the this Iron is Maiden. 2004. Yeah, 2004, yeah. so uh, I moved over there, and uh, and while I'm over sipping umbrella drinks poolside, thinking that I'm going to be in the annals of rock history with Peter Grant, right. uh, this guy, Niven, comes up, uh, who 
somehow we managed to keep involved for two and a half years when Axel wanted to fire him. Right. And he left the management with Guns N' Roses in 91. Yeah, he did. Right. Yeah, well, but he was stayed on till how long, really? Well, you, well no, he was gone in 91. And you stayed with Axel till 2004. For, okay, till yeah. 2004. Yeah, okay. yeah, till 2004. But um, but uh, there's a, a a very crucial date in the band's history, July 5 of 1993. The band's in Barcelona, Spain, and Niven's story is that I'm given a directive to go to Axel's room, and he tells me to construct a uh, contract giving the rights in the name uh, from Slash and Duff back to Axel. So, uh, and the the premise was that if they didn't sign it, uh, there was going because they were in Barcelona, Spain, there was going to be a uh, a riot and people would die, and that would be at the hands of Slash and Duff. Right. And, and look, I'm not a dumb guy. If if you if I would have presented a contract like that. They would have been signing it under duress. Sure. You might as well wipe your ass with that contract. It's not valid. But more importantly, uh, July 5th of 1993 was the birth of my first son, Jacob Goldstein. So I'm not even on the same continent. I'm in Mission Viejo, California. I had no idea that it was happening. It was actually the tour manager who will remain nameless. But yeah. uh, he's certainly not going to accept culpability for it because he's still close with the guys. Yeah. But, uh, you know. And but, did, did they, like, why did... Slash reported so wrong in his book. Is this does he actually well, remember Jack, it the wrong way, yeah, he, or well, is he's he told it to the wrong way. This guy, no, he's told it the wrong way. Right. I mean, you know, Niven, like I said, Niven resurfaces, and I don't know. I mean, look, if uh, I'm not going to go into detail about how Niven was terminated, right. but the way that he was terminated was so, so, so deplorable to Slash personally. I can't believe the Slash is actually friendly with him. But that's between him and, and Alan, I, you know. But the reality was, um, I, you know, at some point, Slash and I will have the opportunity, like I said, to sit down, and it could be two years from now, it could be 27 years from now, who knows? Right. But I know, I know the truth in my head, and uh, and I know that all I ever did for those guys was love them and do the best possible job that I ever could have for them. Right. And at the time that I did the renegotiation, they were the most, uh, the highest paid band in the history of rock and roll, more yeah. so than Michael Jackson. So nobody else did that deal. I fucking did that deal. Will you go see one of these reunion shows? I'd if love they, to, if unless they, they throw me out. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in the interview you did with Mitch, one thing that came across is your love for these guys. I love and, them. They're and, my family. And, and, and do you miss them? Big time. Yeah, yeah. I, I really miss them, Mark. Yeah. yeah. I'd be lying if I said that I didn't. They're, right. uh, they were my family. And I walked through fire for those guys. I mean, you know, the, the rampant drug use, the, uh, the riots, uh, all of it, it was... Uh, you know, it's bunker mentality, right? right. You, uh, I mean, when you're in a bunker with a guy during wartime, they're your friend for life. And those guys will, my love for those guys will never dissipate. Right. And just to go on record, you're not looking to get anything from them. They don't oh, owe no. you anything. Oh, you just no. want to sit down and talk with them. You'd like to... to well, you know what? I mean, uh, I don't really... Uh, I don't really care whether I sit down with them, to be honest with you. Okay. It's, right. uh, I mean, it's, it, I have, uh, I had this kind of epiphany recently, uh, kind of within the past year, where I refuse to look over my back for fear of running into a wall in front of me. If, if they ever want to talk, I'm available 24/7 to talk to them. Right. But uh, I know what I did for them. Uh, you know, I don't need. Uh, 
credence or uh, or somebody else to tell me what a good job I did, accolades from anybody else. I mean, the, the one accolade I had was in 1988 when Peter Grant told me what a brilliant fucking job I was doing. And I said, are you sure you don't mean Niv? And he said, no, not the fucking Kiwi. Right. He's the most hated man in the fucking business. <laughs> so, you know, uh, right. I know what I did for them. And, right. and if they can't pick up on that or they don't remember, you know, that's for them to deal with, not me. Right. Would you ever write a book? Are you allowed to write a book? Yeah, I, nobody's ever stopped me from writing a book. Right. But you know what? My story's kind of half over. Right. So, uh, and it certainly wouldn't be a Guns N' Roses book. I mean, I've worked for some of the greatest bands of all time, including Guns N' Roses. Right. You know, Black Sabbath and Van Halen and David Lee Roth and... Uh, Blind Melon, too. What did you do with Blind Melon? I was their manager along with a guy. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't their day-to-day. Their day-to-day was a guy named Chris Jones. Okay. But uh, Shannon Hoon came to me and he said, look, I, I really want you to manage me. And I said, well, I'm on the road with guns, right. so I cannot do your day-to-day. And uh, so I can't take any credit for that. The one guy that I love and miss is Exhibit. Uh, you know, because it was a genre that I'd never been involved in. And uh, he had sold 325,000 units. And when I took over the rest, rest, Restless record, um, we sold three, uh, 4.75 million. Wow. But, uh, but I love him uh, on a personal level as well. He's a great guy. Hey, uh, quick question. Um, were you with Exhibit when he did one of the MTV New Year's Eve's uh, in Times Square, no, in the I MTV wasn't there, studio. No, oh heck, because that's the one time that I uh, hung out with Exhibit. Was I'll tell you, he's a, uh, he's a great guy. Years. Yeah, and, he's a really cool dude. But. And and I don't, you know, I don't know about the rest of them, but that guy is a tough motherfucker. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I he had, looked tough. <laughs> I had Fred Durst. Uh, we had a fall, Fred and I had a falling out early on, and uh, he came to my dressing room, Exhibit's dressing room. And he got in my face. He said, uh, so, Doug, uh, there's no more Guns N' Roses. Uh, you know, uh, now it's all about fucking Limp Biscuits. so fuck you. And Exhibit, like, choked him by the throat and put him up against a wow. wall. He was like, nobody talks to my manager like that. I was like, hey, X, I got this, man. <laughs> wow, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to circle back to Mike yeah, Orlando. Go we got a great guitar player sitting here with us. We got to <laughs> include you in the conversation. Oh, uh, you know what I loved, Mike, seeing you uh, play? The tribute to Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes remembered. Oh, I got to see that earlier this much. year. And you did a Diary of a Madman, which yeah. a song Ozzy never did live. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah you never did that live. And and, and one of my it's, it's, uh, it's such a yeah. great tribute to one of, one in my book, one of the probably top two most important guitar players ever. Um, yes. Let, let's let's talk about that. Will there be more of these shows? Randy Rhodes remembered. Um, sure. I mean, you know, first off, it is an absolute honor, you know, to be paying tribute to Randy and his family. Right. You know, I've, and his I've family become was very a good Kelly friends. Did it with I've become yes, I've become friends with Kelly and his sister Randy's Kathy. brother. Yeah. And they are such amazing people. So you know, to be able to play for them as well, and you know. It's just, it's surreal. You know, Randy was one of my favorite guitar players and still is on the planet. So yeah. I've done quite a few of them, uh, West Coast, East Coast, going to the West Coast, you know, next week to do another one in, in uh, Anaheim, California. Oh, are you? Cool. January, cool. January 23rd. Oh, good. I'll be there. Yeah, at yeah, M3 yeah. Live. Oh, okay. At NAMM. Cool. So, um, cool. Um, one, one of the, the tracks you did was called Back to the Coast. You played that with Kelly. I did. Which, uh, Randy Rhodes' <laughs> brother, which I, I tell you, the crowd response, I'll be honest, was a little less for that because it wasn't one of the big Ozzy of course, hits. Yeah, it's, but it's, I, it was my favorite moment ah. of the night to get Kelly out there <laughs> doing the Kevin Dubrow part, right? Of, of uh, Back to the Coast. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is, 
That Quiet Riot version of the song is not available legally yeah. anywhere. Um, you can buy a version with Kelly singing it, I think, on uh, Yeah, iTunes, I've done a couple of um, a couple of versions, Back to the Coast and Killer Girls oh, Killer with Girls. Kelly okay. as well. Know, yeah. um, we've done a few shows on the West Coast where I've joined him. Yeah, it's Kelly's amazing. Sitting down and hearing stories about Randy from Kelly and Kathy, right? It just blows my mind, you yeah. know. So to be able to get up there and 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 to uh, you know play for the fans, it's just amazing, you know. Cool. So, uh, Mike, you you're probably going out to Nam. I know you guys met a long time ago at yes. Nam, yes. and I want to ask you about your gear. I know that you uh, were on that metal gear with Mark, but for the Talking Metal listeners, tell us yes. a little bit about what kind of guitars you play, what kind of amps you use, and any of your uh, effects. Sure, sure, definitely. I mean, yeah, me and Mark have done that metal gear, and, you know, it was an honor doing that metal show as well. Um, as far as, you know, the guitar gear and stuff, I've been with uh, Charvel Jackson for about five years now. Wow, as soon cool. as uh, As soon as we launched Adrenaline Mob, I think our first, first tour with Godsmack, I hooked up with Charvel right before they've been great to me ever since so you know I'm a loyal guy I love them yeah. um, Ovation guitars the greatest nice. acoustic on the planet I've oh, been wow. with those guys yeah. yeah for years and years so I'm a huge supporter of Ovation um, I'm with Marshall amplifiers nice. I've been using them and playing them since I'm this big very cool uh, you, you know, know Nick I'm of sure course, you know Nick. that's yeah. my Nick that's Bogut. my <laughs> and, and, and you know what he I won't even call him my air guy he's just my buddy Nick cool. is just he's a sweetheart I love him to death so uh, yeah I mean well, you I, can't go wrong with a, a Charvel or a Jackson through a Marshall yeah I mean <laughs> I'm a huge supporter I've been with GHS and Rocktron Nice. Since about 2005, but again using them since I'm a kid. You know, I use DeMarzio pickups, Line Six wirelesses, uh, and the one one thing that I a firm believer in is I I use what I endorse. Nice. I do not need to just hey, you want to put your face on something? No, no, thank you. If I use it, I will you know tell right. the world and and use it every day on tour. You know, across the country and across the globe. So, so cool. One one thing you um, you uh, have a presence in Staten Island, and uh, Larry DiMarzio started the, the great pickup company yeah. in Staten Island. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been here. I can't yeah. even tell you how long. And yeah. I've been using DiMarzios since I I don't yeah. remember. What's your favorite? De, like, what do you use? Which pickup? Uh, My or, basic configuration are the evolutions actually oh, cool. that's that's my favorite pickups wow Neck i used to bridge. love those dimarzio ads back in like the old guitar players and uh there would just be i still remember uh there was a i was always a kiss fan and there was a, a yeah. picture and uh it said paul stanley used super twos i just thought that was that, cool. my <laughs> first pickup was a dimarzio super distortion super, oh super distortion there so you go that's I, it. I, you know what I, I there was a really fun thing we, we're going to touch on this too but there was a as you guys know, um, or you may may know, Sean Penn recently interviewed uh, oh, the El Chapo. Oh, yeah, El Chapo. and and uh, one of the critiques was that he uh, he made the interview about himself instead of El Chapo, which you know journalists are supposed to. The interviews are supposed to be about you guys, not not uh, <laughs> Mark and I. But I got to tell you one funny thing because I think you'll get a kick out of this. Go for it. I'm out. I'm out with Ace Frehley in Bozeman, Montana, right. yeah. and. Uh, this is when I was just Ace's assistant, and so what happens is, you know, he does a smoking guitar solo, and the, there's a uh, like a fake pickup. It's like a little picture mm. <laughs> of a pickup, yeah. 
I think everybody knows that. So what happens is we ran out of the, the little pickup pictures. So I got to go to Staples and, like, make these little pictures. <laughs> now, listen how crazy this is. I, I need, like, a good high-res picture. So who sends me the picture? Larry DiMarzio, of all people, nice. sends me, like, right. a, a real actual photo, right. you know, from his archives. <laughs> and then drives me to Staples to make... To, you know, to print it out. So how crazy is <laughs> that? Great. I have that, is la- great, right? that that little sticker or little fake pickup w- was truly endorsed by Larry DiMarzio because he took me to Staples, and I, that's like my favorite story for for me. It was such a trip. I'm like, I can't believe I'm with Larry DiMarzio, yeah, and he's taking me to make a fake DiMarzio pickup. <laughs> how cool is that? that anyway, that's great. You I'm know, giving it back to Mark. Thanks I for will, listening. I will add this: one of my my dear friends from Staten Island has been Ace's guitar tech, Rocco. That's he's yeah. he's been doing my guitars. Oh, since cool. I can't remember. Yeah. Rocco Monterosso. If you, yeah. if you guys ever need a guitar tech, Rocco. But guess yeah. what? Rocco's an insane guitar player, too. He's, he's just yeah. great guy as well yeah. and, mm. you know, amazing guitar yeah. luthier and technician. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up soon, but I want to, real quick, Mike, is there any adrenaline, adrenaline mob news that we need to know about? Um, I mean, what, what what's the status currently? Yeah, we, yeah the, uh, the band is... is we're still with Century Media Records, which is Sony now. They okay. you know, have acquired the, the company. So um, probably, I would say 2017, if I was to say. Uh, okay. you know, so and I'm 2016, maybe at the end of the year or so, you know, we'll, we'll um, try. And you're going to obviously need to probably find a drummer. Or yes, is, we'll, we'll have, somebody have to. Yeah, in mind, you yeah. know. That, yeah. That's the thing, you know. We were we were gracious enough to have Chad fill in right. for After AJ, AJ passed, when right. yeah. unfortunately he passed. Um, so we haven't figured out that situation. There was no need, you know. It's yeah. it was a take a break and breathe kind of thing, you know, because AJ was one of my dearest friends for decades. So right. it was yeah. like, all right, well, let's we were just, we were all so sad. I mean, I've told you yeah. before that it's just so such a tragic loss. Yeah, sorry for your loss because he was your. Good close friend. Uh, yeah, yes. he was. He was one of my dearest, and yeah. you know, we, we we all miss him. You know, especially myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was more of like a step back from it a little bit, let it breathe, and then you know we'll reconvene, and uh, and it'll be great. I, I love Adrenaline Mob. It's Adrenaline Mob is in my blood. <laughs> excellent, excellent, cool, and uh, good timing. Doug just hung up. You got a got some business going on there, Doug. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. on the cell Little phone. UK while, call. <laughs> UK call. Sorry, Mark. Hey, hey, Doug. Uh, before before we wrap up, I, yeah. I, I want to find out. I know we know you're working with Mike on stuff, I and am, you still yes, got sir. your hand in the in the music business. Yeah. What what else are you are you working on? You mentioned some yeah. stuff to us earlier about yeah, tickets yeah. and yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a company out of Germany called SAP, and they have a really cool ticketing solution. Seems like everybody hates Ticketmaster for a number of reasons, but uh, but this particular company, they uh, you know one of the things that uh, that everybody misses is having something really cool about the show that you attended. I still have my Jethro Tull tickets from when I was 12 years old. Right. Yeah. So one of the cool things about the SAP ticketing solution, you receive a box which will say like Aerosmith, Nassau Coliseum, November 12th, and you open it up and it has a watch which uh, similar to what a lot of the EDM concerts are doing now. And, uh, and everything that you purchase uh, from that point forward is done on that, on that watch. 
So it's a really cool technical solution. They've hired me as their international director of sales. Uh, look for it because it's cool. a, a very cool process. And then, I, yeah, I still have some other musical things that I'm doing. Uh, I'm working on a, a medicinal cannabis uh, music festival next nice. summer. Okay. Uh, I've uh, I've probably dealt with shit by now, maybe 50 different international oncologists dealing in the world of CBD oil uh, and its curing uh, effects on particularly cancer, wow, quite okay. honestly. So it's very cool. And then uh, I'm meeting uh, on Wednesday with uh, with uh, Rob Dukes, formerly of Exodus, yeah. Good now Generation of ours, Kills, yeah, yeah great yeah. fucking guy, yeah. and uh, and Daryl from Run DMC. DMC, they have yep. a, an amazing project, which everybody's going to shit when they hear. But uh, in fact, I look forward to putting uh, to putting Orlando and uh, and those guys together on festivals. It's going to be crazy yeah, good. Cool. Yeah, cool. And I know they've been working with Bumblefoot and that's right. Staten yeah, Ron Bumblefoot Doll. Uh, that's right. I love him to like death. Mike Orlando. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we can't wait for uh, the DMC Daryl McDaniel's uh, Generation Kill collaboration. Yeah, Generation with, Kill. That's with right. Bumblefoot thrown in yeah, the mix. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so well, yeah, be. Bumblefoot's doing. Uh, he's doing a lot of the production, and yeah. he's doing a brilliant job. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that he that he. That, he, that was one of his fortes, but he's a fucking phenomenal producer. Yeah, he's a great, great guy, too. We love him. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about Trump. He is currently <laughs> running for president. <laughs> Go Donald! Donald. <laughs> Go Donald! <laughs> uh, we were talking about him before we started rolling tape here. Yeah. And, and you started telling us about oh Donald God. Trump. Funny and story. Guns and Roses. Let's, Funny you story. you got to relay this to the Yeah, other, we're playing fine shows at Madison Square Garden. I hear this, is Doug Goldstein around? And I look, and it's Donald Trump. What year is this? This is 92. Wow, okay. And so I said, yeah, this is Doug Goldstein. He said, can you make a pass for me? I said, yeah, sure. So being quizzical, I said, why are you here? And he said, I want to meet the Donald Trump of rock and roll. I said, I give up. He said, you know, Doug, he said, when you're an underdog, everybody puts you to the top. Press, uh, your fans. And once you get to the top, they jerk your ass back to the ground. He said, uh, that's what Axl Rose is. So, you know, uh, so I introduced Axel to him after the show, and the and I called my wife. Funnily right. enough, I called my my at the time wife, and I said, "You're not going to believe who's at the show, Donald Trump." She goes, "Yeah, fuck you." I go, "No, I swear to God, it was Donald Trump." She goes, "Yeah, right." Yeah. I go, I, "Anyway, I swear to God." So she flies in the next night, and how many restaurants, Mark, are there in Manhattan? I mean, There's estimate thousands, that, hundreds know. of them, yeah, right? Yeah, so, tens of thousands. At so least, myself yeah. and my wife, and Peter Mensch and his then wife. We're having dinner, and I hear this, hey, it's Doug Goldstein. I look, and it's fucking Trump. Wow. So he comes up, and he sits down, spends like half an hour talking to us, and he gives me his business card and says, hey, if you ever need anything, let me know. So literally for years, I carried it around saying I have the Trump card, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, literally, I, I literally, last year, I went to Trump Plaza, and I said, hi, you know, uh, Donald Trump, I'm sure he'll remember me. Yeah, get the fuck walking, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no way, man. Right. They weren't going to, no way. Cool. Well, it should be interesting to see what happens with uh, with the guns uh, reunion of at least slash Duff and Axel. Any idea? Any insight to why they haven't really told us officially who else is involved uh, at this well, point? You know, it's kind of out there, Mark. I mean, yeah, yeah it, but there's been no like the press release they put out. It just said those three guys. I think they're kind of trying to hold on to that because. That's really the core nucleus. Right. And, and But I'll be honest with you. I wish those guys nothing but great success. I love them to death. 
Um, I think that they're going to do a fantastic job. And, and I think it's people, exciting, right? I mean, I'm, are you kidding? I'm, yeah, it's I'm very so excited. exciting. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to see it. Although Mitch Lafon and I will probably have to watch it from the parking lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but I love those guys. I wish they kill it. I yeah. really hope they kill it. And when when was the last time you heard from any of those guys? It was a long well, time heard, ago, right? I mean, no, no. I heard from Axel after my Mitch Lafon uh, interview, oh, and okay. he, he asked me to please not do any interviews because he was trying to repair some past relationships. Right. The way I'm looking at it, you know, I mean, those relationships are now repaired, which yeah. is why I decided to go ahead and talk to you, Mark. Uh, well, but again, okay. uh, you know, like I said, I love those guys. They're my family, and yeah. I wish them nothing but great success. And, and, and the one thing I did get from that Mitch LaFon interview in April is, you know, I've heard, I've heard the other guy uh, do some interviews, and he sometimes comes off almost bitter-sounding, where yeah. I really felt after listening to that, that, that you really came off as a guy who really loves those guys. I oh, mean, absolutely. No question. And, and that's, that's, I'm not kissing your ass. That's the honest feeling oh, I thanks, had Mark. when, yeah, when listening you. to that that interview. Um, because, thank of course, I'd, I'd read stuff about you in, in Slash's book and stuff, and I, I got definitely, after hearing that interview with Mitch, my opinion of, of you and, and because I didn't I didn't know you you know sure, it, and yeah. it changed after that interview well thank um, you very much and, yeah. and, uh, and uh, I hope that sometime you get a chance to talk to those guys again yeah that'd be nice because uh, you know I, I do love them I love them to death I love them dearly and I've been through so much with them and uh, and, and yeah you know at some point hopefully we will be able to sit down um, you know, I, I mean, the reality was the only reason Nevin made me a, a partner in his management company, Axel and him hated each other, disdain. I mean, right. absolute disdain. So, uh, and what Niven doesn't know is uh, Slash and myself literally kept him involved for two and a half years. Uh, Axel would call and say, fire him, fuck, it, fuck you, I, he's not going to work with me. And I'd say, look, he's my partner, fuck you. Yeah. And then I'd back up uh, Slash. I'd say, Slash, I need you to help me. And Slash would say, look, Axel, he's, uh, he's our manager. No, you're not going to fire him. He, he always makes it sound like I had designs on his job. Never the case. Yeah. Never the case. So, okay. But thank you for saying that. I really yeah, appreciate that, Mark. Yeah. Cool. Anything else, John? Yeah, yeah. Two, two quick things. Um, I, I have a whole bunch of just like a final questions for Mike. But real quick, uh, Doug, your son is a guitar player. Thanks, John. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I have a son who's a guitar player, Jake Goldstein. He's, uh, he's in an alternative band called Honey, and they've had the number one single on K-Rock, which is the biggest alternative station in the country, for four months. They just came off the road with The Neighborhood and Bad Sons, two bands that are... Uh, and the funny thing is they're all from the same high school, Newbury Park. Wow. which is kind of a hotbed of music right now. Yeah, and then my baby boy, Eli, he's the bass player, percussionist in the family. Somebody somebody has to have the backbeat, right? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> you guys are a musical family. It's in your blood and very, very cool. Yeah, thanks, John. The, the funny thing, though, is that uh, you said that Jake can like do, you know, he can not only oh do, God. but he can teach like, Eddie Van Halen-style solos, but yeah. now he's in a band where there are not many solos. That's right. Yeah, yeah I, I always go, great. I spent $150,000 in guitar lessons, and you're doing power chords. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot for that. Yeah, right? Thanks, well, John. Hey, you're welcome, man. Thank you. And, um, Mike, I want to just, uh, you to tell us and tell the Talking Metal listeners, uh, a couple of things. All the stuff you're going to be doing through the rest of the year, and then where they can find out about all this stuff. Cool. Um, I mean, the schedule starts next week, you know, revisiting the Randy Rose Remembered Family out in California, January 23rd. Uh, I then take my Sonic Stomp band, which is um, tentatively titled now Sonic Stomp and Friends, because I've joined with 
my buddies from Brazil, um, the drummer, bassist, uh, you know, singer, and from keyboard player from a band called Noturnal that I just performed at Rock and Rio with a couple of months ago. Yes, and they are now in Sonic Stomp, so we are we are doing the Axes and Anchors cruise in February. Oh, very. So we're really excited about that. Um, a beautiful disaster is in production and. Myself and the amazing Doug Goldstein here hope to be blowing that up real soon. And we're also working on a guitar tour. Uh, can I say who is tentatively yeah, in it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, we're looking to take it across Europe uh, with myself and, you know, a dear friend of mine from probably, I'm going to say about 15 years old, uh, Ron Fall, wow. Bumblefoot. Excellent. He's we've, our uh, good friend we've grown too. up in Staten Island yeah. together, blocks away from each other. You know, I love him dearly. Yeah. Amazing guitar player. So we're working on that. We got Monty Pittman, who is, you know, my brother. He plays in Madonna and Ministry. Cool. And uh, we have Charlie. Charlie He can say that better yeah, than yeah. I can. Charlie Paradoriego. He's, uh, he's a guy with over 60 million YouTube views. He's from Lima, Peru, and nobody knows who the fuck he is. It's classic. I mean, he's a phenomenal guitar wow. player. Who's the guy that plays uh, Michael Jackson Beat It on acoustic guitar? Have you seen that? Yeah, there's a guy. He kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, how Bumblefoot sometimes uh, puts the like, not like a, almost like a capo to sure. to like dampen yeah, the sound. The and this yep. guy does like a two-handed oh, cool. version of Beat It. But oh, look, look it up. Awesome. I thought it might have been the same guy, but no. yeah. Yeah, Charlie. Charlie has uh, a bunch of metal tunes on YouTube. But oh, I mean, cool. look up Charlie Para P A R R A Dell, and then it's Riego. Pardon me, R I E G O. Cool. He's, uh, like I said, over 60 million views. Wow. That's but they're, insane. Yeah, yeah. And nobody knows him. Slash Man. somehow found him. He put him on a show in Lima, Peru. Wow. But other than that, nobody has any clue who he is. And I'll tell you, yeah. the fun thing is, uh, and Mike, you can jump in on this, but between Monty Pittman, Ron Thal, Charlie Pardel Par Riego, and the nicest fucking guy I've ever met, Mike Orlando, we exchange, <laughs> we exchange all these emails amongst us, and there's no fucking egos. We're all having a blast. We're just yeah. trying to put together a really cool fucking tour. Right? I'll tell you the truth. It really, oh, that's what it's all about, is yeah. getting along. It, you know what? Speaking of everybody being buddies and, and stuff, it really feels like that nowadays in, in heavy metal and hard rock. That like Everybody just wants to be cool and wants to hang well, out. we got to join together. You know, and we got to uh, make sure this thing... I, I, I imagine it was different know. maybe back in the day when... Finance and money and everything was different, like maybe in the '80s. But now, like most of the people that we know, we're all cool with each other, and everybody's having a good time. Well, I, I wouldn't mind interjecting one comment, you guys, if you don't sure. mind. Yeah. So I got, I, I had the uh, the fun job of doing security on the Eat 'Em and Smile tour with David Lee Roth, yeah. Steve Vai, Billy Sheehan, Greg Bissonette, Brett Tuggle, and they recently tried to uh, do a show. And uh, and they, for whatever reason, they couldn't pull it off. The they, fire department shut right, it down. Right, they got yeah. it shut down. But uh, it's funny. I love those guys so much that I uh, I called Steve I, and I said, Steve, look, I will literally do fucking luggage. I will deliver yeah. luggage to all of your rooms. I don't care about managing it. I want to be involved because Steve I and Billy Sheen are two of the nice and and Bissonette and Brett Toggle. They're all the yeah. nicest fucking people I've dealt with this side of Orlando. Yeah. So I'm really kind of hoping that I can get involved in that project as well because I, I love those happens. guys. I hope me that too. happens. Yeah, and that reminds me, uh, through today's show notes, I will link That Metal Gear, which uh, Mike and I 
did for VH1.com. Right on. Yep. I also did uh, an episode with Billy Sheehan, which is uh, another great one that you can yeah, look up Yeah, I just talked to Billy on. yesterday. Oh, did you? Great oh, guy. Oh, I love yeah, that guy. Yeah. 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 Love him. Yeah. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a story off the air okay. <laughs> of how he got fired from David Lee Roth. Yeah, it was very oh, funny. okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've heard the official on-air version of that. Yeah, him, never. Yeah. No, this okay. one's much better. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, very good. And we're gonna link all Mike's uh, websites. Your social media stuff will be linked Thanks through today's Mark. show notes yeah, on TalkingMetal.com. And and sure. All right, there yeah, we go. Yeah, Talking Metal. Cheers. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> One more. All right, got it. All right. Cool, guys. Thanks for joining us. Again, check out the show notes on TalkingMetal.com. Big thanks to Doug Goldstein and Mike Orlando for joining us on this episode. And uh, we'll check you out next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.